Starting my podcast, I envisioned a platform that features professionals from a variety of professions that I hope will educate and inspire my listeners. In this episode, I interview Linda Nasian, a retired management consultant partner at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Some of you may know it as PwC. Because Linda has extensive work experience in the management consulting field, she is well-suited to provide insight, and as a bonus, she shares some very valuable tips to prepare for a career in the field. If you're exploring career options that involve implementing solutions and strategies, analytical thinking, teamwork, fostering a culture of success, and much, much more, a management consulting career might be worth looking into. Grab a notebook and be prepared to take notes. Her tips are too valuable to not write down. Will you join me today in welcoming Linda Najem to my podcast Job Shadow with Jody Bogus? Hi, Linda. Thank you for Hi. joining me. Hi. You're welcome. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is great. Like I've shared with you before, my purpose for having you on the show today is kind of twofold. Is I want you to share your insight to your career path and some perspective on the industry as well as what it's like working in a management consulting accounting industry and then i would also like for my listeners to learn more about the importance of developing soft skills and communicating them on the resume just kind of want your insight on that too does that sound good sounds great all right so you have spent a great deal of your career working in management consulting let me ask you this first Do you consider it management consulting or accounting? I consider it management consulting. All of the large accounting firms that are referred to as the big four have consulting arms. And those consulting arms are quite independent from the accounting functions. Uh, There are also standalone consulting firms. They could be strategy consulting, like McKinsey is an example, management consulting or technology consulting or some some blend of those. So it's a pretty broad and diverse industry. And in some cases, it is part of a larger organization. Okay. And that's good to know. And when referencing the big four, we're talking PricewaterhouseCoopers, we're talking Deloitte, Ernst & Young, and KPMG. Yes, exactly. Right? Okay. And so what I've always been amazed at with these organizations is that there seems to be a lot of different career paths that you can take when working for one of them. So what was your career path when you started? Well, I would say for the large organizations, they tend to be like have a fairly structured in almost in a way simple career path in terms of the levels and progression. So many of the firm do significant hiring of undergraduate students. They also hire graduate students, MBAs and otherwise, and they hire people who come from industry or who come from, you know, experienced hires who've had who've worked elsewhere prior to joining. That being said, there tends to be a fairly simplistic career path in terms of starting. They use different terms, but like at PwC, PricewaterhouseCoopers, they use the terms associate, senior associate, manager, senior manager, director, partner. So the, and you know, there's a defined progression in terms of the number of years you'd spend at each each of those levels. That being said, what you do is 
where there's such a great, great variety. Okay. So um, the type of consulting I mentioned, technology, strategy, business, or blends, blends of them could vary quite a bit. You could be very, you know, technical and be doing like data science or, or technology architecture. You could be helping to develop apps. You could be helping companies save money or achieve their growth objectives. You could be helping them develop a strategy for the future. So the spectrum is quite wide in terms of the nature of the work. The other thing that varies significantly is the industries that you serve. So some people specialize on skill or content or what they do. Let's say they're a specialist in, I'd use the, I use the example data science. So let's continue with that. So finding insights from data, but other people specialize in particular industries. So they might be an expert in power and utility companies, or they might be an expert in large retailers and those people, and there's a blend of the two because you could, you could have a content skill specialty and an industry specialty, but that's where you bring oftentimes the most impact to the clients because you understand how things work in that particular type of company. And if you've served a variety of companies in that industry, you become more impactful. So in my career, I spent most of it serving financial services companies. So retail banks, payment companies, investment banks. So as you become very familiar with the industry, you're much more knowledgeable, impactful in helping them solve their problems. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned the type of clients you serve because I want my listeners to understand. So what do they mean by consulting? Using your example in the financial services company, they... What's an example of maybe some assistance that they needed from the outside because they weren't perhaps able to resolve a challenge within, so they go outside to bring in the help? Yeah, so they go outside to bring the help, oftentimes for expertise of what some of their peers are doing. So they bring in consultants who've had experience in similar companies solving similar problems. Sometimes they really need an objective point of view. They might know what the issues are, but are having a difficult time developing a solution because maybe they're too close to it. And sometimes they really just need help breaking down some of the organizational barriers because it's oftentimes, I shouldn't say it's easy, but consultants are positioned to be able to, you know, bring consensus or bring points of view that get people aligned so that so that the work could actually get done. So as just an example from my career, I spent a, a long time at a large credit card processing brand, which everyone would be familiar with. And we were working with their technology and operations organization, and it was really how to operate more efficiently so that they could kind of spend less on their day-to-day activities and have more money available to invest in new products and platforms and, you know, new ventures. So in that case, it involves, you know, a lot of interviewing of constituents, of analysis of of data, of kind of developing some hunches or ideas, we consulting call them hypotheses about what the what the problems might be, and then presenting some options. And, you know, in the end, what's it going to cost to get there? How long is it going to take? And oftentimes helping them actually get it done. 
And then do you work as a team? Do you have a certain group of employees assigned to this client? And so the cohort of you all come together and present these hypotheses. And are you embedded with the client on a daily basis and just observing, collecting data? So consulting is very much a a significantly team-oriented industry. And just like those of your listeners that are in at college and they work as part of a project team on a, you know, on a team project, you have people with different skill sets come together. You have to have a strategy for dividing and conquering. There's of course, someone who's leading the charge and really determining who focuses on what, but so much of what the consulting expertise is, is bringing the team together so that those ideas, you know, the two heads or the multiple heads better than one kind of idea so that there's a lot of collaboration and iteration. In traditional consulting, I would say, and I'm saying it that way because things have changed a lot, especially post-pandemic, that it was often the case that you would be on site at the client. So the team would oftentimes be in a conference room or some type of team room or embedded with the client, depending on the nature of the project. And then you'd be meeting with people and gathering data and oftentimes working with the clients directly. But I guess two things have changed. One is so many of the larger companies are geographically diverse and often global. So Even if you went into an office, oftentimes you're interacting with people who are other locations across the country or around the world. Once basically all, almost all, or you would say all discretionary work travel stopped during the pandemic, consulting companies learned that you could get a lot of work done virtually. And I think many of them are revisiting their business model to determine how, when are the most impactful times to be at the clients in person? And when can you work from a local office or even from home and be just as effective with all of the video conferencing tools, chat tools, et cetera, collaboration tools that are available. So things have changed quite a bit. And I would imagine they continue to change. And for those that are kind of keeping up on what companies are doing, you see lots of announcements about directions companies are taking to either create more flexibility or, you know, create different models for, for their employees. Oh, that makes sense. Someone who's getting ready to graduate, they're looking at the consulting field, what would you say are the top degree paths? Is there a top path or is it just depending on what the greatest need is for the services? I think it depends on what the greatest needs are. I would say the, you know, more consulting is very much about problem solving. And so the majors that have more of an element of analytics and problem solving to them are certainly one popular source for recruiting. So most or all of the STEM disciplines would be one category because so much about science and math and engineering is around problem solving, but also, you know, finding, you know, the more analytical or financial elements, you know, certainly accounting. I think the probably the look, the pure liberal arts degrees that are more towards the arts probably are a smaller percentage of, you know, of, of employees, but you'd be surprised at the people who, you know, 
like their career path and, you know, what their degree was and how different their job is today from, from, from their major in college. Did you see, foresee this as being your career path? I was a computer science major and okay. in, with an engineering degree. My first job out of college was for a large consulting firm. And I really didn't, even though I interviewed and was hired, I really didn't have an understanding of what it involved <laughs> until, okay. until I started working. But I think people were just had less opportunities to be informed than than they do now. I mean, now most universities have consulting clubs and lots of on-site recruiting and career fairs and so many things that just give you so much information and obviously, um, you know, all of the content available online. So the times were a little bit different, but I didn't really, even though I have very strong organizational skills and at times in my life are very much a planner, as it relates to my career, it just more developed through circumstances and going from one step to the other versus a plan to have a career that was mostly in consulting. In fact, my first job was with a large consulting firm. I stayed for four years and then left and went to go work for a bank in their technology division. So I left consulting and I didn't really at that point have a plan for what my like ultimate career goals were, but at some point being back you know working for working for a bank and being part of that like corporate hierarchy after some number of years I was ready for a change and I went back into consulting and then stayed in consulting until I retired five years ago. But I would say I always focused on kind of performing as well as I could in my current role and thinking about what the next opportunity was or the next step, but really didn't as much have, you know, a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. And, and I think as long as you focus on the keys for your success and have goals, whether or not they're short-term or long-term, that's the most important thing. Cause you don't, I think if you're, my view is if you're a little too scripted in your plans, you might miss out on opportunities that come along that could turn out to be something very rewarding for you. Absolutely. That's very good advice. I'm hearing a lot. I'm reading it and talking with my peers that companies are really looking for soft skills on resumes, that GPA is not as significant in a hiring point as the soft skills. When I talk about soft skills, I'm talking about, from my listener's perspective, communication, leadership, organizational skills, teamwork. What, what would you say are maybe the top three that are most important to have and demonstrate on your resume. I think a lot of students don't realize that they have that experience. So what's your perspective on that? So I guess first I will comment a little bit on GPA. The companies aren't hiring, or at least consulting companies aren't hiring purely based on GTA, GPA, but it's a competitive environment. So naturally, top students are going to oftentimes rise to the top. And, and so it's maybe not an either or, but an and as it relates to being successful in school, you know, strong grades and the soft skills. I think the way you differentiate yourself in your resume, a few things, and this maybe goes just a little bit beyond soft skills, but I've spent a lot of time reviewing resumes and giving feedback on resumes. So 
I think one of the most important things in developing a strong resume is to be able to demonstrate the impact of the roles that you had. So a lot of people focus on the what, and they include a lot of detail about the things they did. You know, I developed this spreadsheet, I ran this report, I assisted with this project, but in the end, don't spend as much time describing the impact of their work or the broader effort that they were a part of. And when you do that, it demonstrates one, your business acumen. So it shows that you understand like the role you play in, you know, what the company is trying to achieve. And then it makes your work, which might on the surface seem not so significant, it makes it appear and not just appear, but it demonstrates, you know, the overall impact that it had. So oftentimes you could describe the impact by the ultimate results, or you could describe the impact by something that you did that, like if you had a summer project and an internship and you were asked to, I don't know, help manage or review, go through some inventory control process. And you would say you went, you did A, B, and C, and that resulted in a 22% improvement in whatever got improved. So it's like you have to measure, you have to have some concept of your starting point so that you could measure it or describe it so that you could all then describe your impact. So that's one thing that's maybe a little broader than soft skills. Leadership is definitely another one. And I mentioned teamwork as being such an important element of, of consulting. And so you don't have to be the leader to demonstrate leadership skills. You want every member of a team to have leadership skills that are applying to the, their role on the team. So it could be you know, the things you're volunteering for, offering to help someone who's struggling a bit, or it's taking on beyond your individual role, a role that supports the overall team. So the ways that you could build those things into your resume could be through roles in sports, could be through volunteering and have an eye towards volunteering of, um, again, rather than like, a lot of quantity and a lot of activity roles that are more impactful. So if you volunteer to organize a fundraising drive for canned foods, or if you, you know, volunteered to host a car wash that was raising money for whatever. So I think just having roles that demonstrate that leadership. And obviously if you had a job or summer internships, you would look to have as much as possible, you know, demonstrate leadership roles. And then as far as other soft skills being demonstrated on the resume, teamwork kind of goes along with that. So demonstrating the team-based roles that you've had, because, you know, hiring some like exceptionally smart student that excels at working individually is not going to, that might be a great resource for certain types of job, but in consulting that tends not to be, that tends not to be, you know, the primary profile for success. Now, the other part of demonstrating soft skills, and that's going to be part of ultimately, you know, getting a job is the interview process that goes along with the resume. So you hope the resume, the you know, really the goal of the resume 
is to get an interview. And then at that point, it's really you selling yourself and demonstrating, you know, your skill set in the interview process. And that's where I think even more soft skills shine relative to your communication skills, your interpersonal skills, your curiosity, your listening skills. That's great because I, I know with my students, I always say any experience that you share on a resume should tell a story. It should give a picture of how many, you know, for example, how many people were served? What was the impact made? Like when I read it, I want to be able to see it. So you're right. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And then definitely leadership, you know, that's something I say too. It's, it's not about a title. It's if you lead yourself well enough, others follow. So are you one of those people that show up on time? You're accountable for your work and do what you're supposed to be told and others know that they can count on you. That to me is someone who can lead themselves well. Mm -hmm. And there's so much to be said about that. So thank you for pointing that out. How could potential candidates or students who are interested prepare for a career in this field you know, while they're in school? I would say the first thing, oftentimes when people hear consulting, they don't really understand. They think, oh, I'll get to travel or I get to do a lot of different things. That all sounds great. So I think do your homework relative to really understanding the industry. All of these company websites have just so many resources. There's so many virtual events for companies that you're interested in that they started, you know, doing much more of during the pandemic and they would just continue. If you're in your earlier years in college and you know any upperclassmen who've had had consulting internships, talk to them, go to the career development office and understand the companies that recruit on campus and make sure you attend their sessions. Networking, you know, oftentimes it's so much about getting a good internship or first opportunity is the kind of who you know. So spend some time, not just on your resume, but, you know, on, on LinkedIn, develop a nice profile, build out your network, and that helps demonstrate your your communication skills and and your interpersonal skills as far as the the schoolwork itself i mentioned it could be a variety of majors really think about though the how you demonstrate that team based work in in your classes oftentimes consulting firms have a traditional interview that would be a kind of a soft skills interview and then they also do an interview if you get to a certain round they refer to it as a case interview. And some schools have, and this might be more oftentimes business schools rather than undergraduate, but I think undergraduate business schools sometimes have case preparation workshops as well, because essentially the way a case works, it's a mini project where for this interview, you're given some information that describes a situation. It gives you some data you have a certain amount of time to work on it. And then you really get kind of quizzed on your thoughts and your proposed solution. So it's time constrained and you don't have a ton of information. And it's really meant to assess how well you think on your feet, your problem solving skills. And it's not to really get at the right answer because there's not really ever enough information to get the right answer, but it's really to understand your thought process and how you break down a problem and, you know, demonstrating your soft skills through that process as well. That's really so I, I would encourage you if, if your school has your listeners, if their school has any of those types of um, 
case preparation activities than to take advantage of it. Also, oftentimes universities have a consulting club. So if you're interested, join. One, I was speaking to one of my family members. She was interested in consulting. She was a junior in college. Her school didn't have a consulting club. And I said, well, one way to demonstrate leadership would be to start a consulting club. That's and true. Work with a career development office and develop a, a template based on what other consulting clubs at other universities might do. So good to get creative because, you know, in a competitive environment, and while there are lots of jobs, there's lots of competition, you need to think about the things that are really going to differentiate you from everyone around you. That's great advice. That's really good. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for that. So is there anything else you would you would add to this conversation? I would say that with all of the social media and all of the information that is available about what your peers are doing, it always feels like a very competitive environment. And, you know, I'm sure it happens to your listeners with grades and other things as well, but don't measure yourself against the jobs that other people have gotten versus yours or the summer internship. I think Sometimes what happens is other people describe what they're doing in maybe exaggerated terms. And then you go into your first job after graduation or summer internship thinking, oh, this isn't that great compared to what other people are doing. And that affects the work you do in all likelihood and the learnings you take from it. So I would just encourage your listeners to go into every opportunity with an exceptionally open mind and look to get the most you can out of it, knowing that there's always going to be something that comes next versus thinking about what you don't like about the current role. That being said, if you're in a role and, and maybe you're not getting as much opportunity as you thought, or you're not learning as much as you thought, raise your hand and share that feedback. I think keeping an open mind and looking to maximize your learning and development from every opportunity and kind of filter out what you're hearing about what other people are doing could be helpful. Huge shout out to Linda for sharing her time and insight. I bet you wrote down some good notes. Let me help you put those notes to action through incorporating the right skills and experience on your resume and coaching you to communicate them well during an interview. You can reach me at jodybogus.com or on Instagram at jodybogus underscore careers.